When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode number 75 of the Scottish History Podcast, where this week we're going to be continuing on with uh, what I mentioned last week. Basically, what we're going to be doing is starting to take a little road trip around the Isle of Skye. So we're going to be starting today with the area of Strath. So join me please for episode number 75 of the Scottish History Podcast. So we begin our journey onto the Isle of Skye from the mainland at Kyle of Lochalsh and head onto the Skye Bridge. From around 1600, a commercial ferry system was used to access the island from Kyle of Lochalsh over to the island of Skye at Kyle Aachen. But on the 16th of October 1995, the Sky Bridge opened to the public and this ferry was removed from service. The bridge opened to much controversy, mostly due to the tolls that were being charged to cross the bridge. As the bridge had been privately funded, the British government wanted to see these companies involved in its construction to see a large profit for their work. Now the tolls were set at differing prices dependent on the type of vehicle you were travelling in and the time of year that you were travelling in. It was slightly cheaper to travel in the winter than it was in the summer, but the prices for the summer were around about £5.70 for cars, £11.40 for cars with caravans, £23.70 for a midi coach, which was a, a bus up to 22 seats, and £41.20 for coaches. Now these prices were each way. So a local travelling to the mainland for work or maybe just for shopping, for example, would have to pay £11.40 per day to travel across the bridge. Now, these prices made the Sky Bridge the most expensive toll bridge anywhere within Europe. Now, some locals immediately set up a committee called Sky and Kyle Against Tolls, uh, which led to the very unfortunate um, shortening of SCAT, uh, which I thought was actually quite 
funny. Um, but they protested against the tolls, and within the six months that followed, so by April of 1996, 486 court cases of failure to pay the tolls were brought against 196 people, with a further 300 still to be brought to court. And again, that was by April of 1996. Now, although, of course, the original ferry did cost money to, you know, get your car onto it, most locals rarely had to pay. And the reason for this was because the ferrymen, the people basically running the ferry, were locals as well. And they were the locals were essentially just allowed to travel across the, the Kyle on the ferry for free. Now, in the bridge's first year of its uh, opening, it recorded a total of 612,000 vehicles crossed over it, which was a third more than the official ferry figures and that was probably due to the fact that the locals were not really counted within the official ferry figures back then. Now the bridge tolls remained on the bridge for over a decade until the 21st of December 2004 when the bridge was bought by the Scottish government for £27 million and therefore after which tolls were abolished. During the roughly 10 years of tolls on the bridge, it is estimated that the bridge pulled in around £35 million, which was £10 million more than it had cost to build. Now, there were a couple of issues whilst building the bridge, and one of them came from Queen Elizabeth II of England, and uh, the reason why she brought a kind of problem to it was the fact that the bridge wasn't originally supposed to be the shape in which it was today or which it is today. Um, the bridge had to be altered in order for the Royal Yacht Britannia uh, to sail underneath it. At the time when they were building it, they hadn't designed it to be tall enough to take the Royal Yacht Britannia underneath it. However, the Queen got in touch with the company building the bridge to ask whether or not that the bridge could take her um, royal yacht and she was told no. So she asked for it to be redesigned so that the bridge could then take the Royal Yacht Britannia underneath it. Uh, ironically, a couple of years after the bridge opened, the Royal Yacht Britannia was decommissioned and it never sailed once to the Isle of Skye. Now, for clarity on the toll bridges, uh, or the tolls, the Forth Road Bridge, which connects Edinburgh to Fife um, at over twice the length of the Sky Bridge, had a toll of £1, um, but only whilst travelling north. So you only had to pay £1 to travel north. You were essentially 50 pence each way, but you just paid it in one particular direction. Um, now, this toll, alongside all tolls, were eventually abolished in Scotland in 2008. Now, technically, the bridge, the Sky Bridge, is really two bridges. The first crossing takes you from Kyle of Lochalsh onto an island called Eilin Ban, uh, or better known, or its translation, sorry, is the White Island. Now, this island is only six acres but it does have a couple of interesting features. Firstly is the lighthouse that was built by David and Thomas Stevenson in 1857. 
Now, the lighthouse has since been decommissioned. It was decommissioned in 1993, which was during the construction of the Sky Bridge, but the building itself is Category B listed, so it's a very important building to the country. Elan Ban was also the home of the author Gavin Maxwell for the final months of his life. Since then, the island has been home of the Elan Ban Trust, and that's been since 1998, who now run a nature reserve and a couple of holiday lets on the island. Now, once you've come over the Sky Bridge, you're welcomed to the island by a sign that welcomes you to the Isle of Skye. You're then met by a roundabout. Now, if you take the first exit, so basically if you turn left, this will bring you into the village of Kailakin. This is probably my favourite village on the entire island, as this is where I have spent most of my time whilst visiting, most of my downtime anyway, whilst visiting the island. Now, the word Kyle, it means sound. So the sound of something, uh, when we're talking about land or talking about water, is an area between uh, a mainland and an island, or between two islands. So the Kyle of Lokalsh, the village of the Kyle of Lokalsh is across the water from Kailakin, and this part of the sea that you're seeing there is a loch called Loch Alsh, and therefore Kyle of Lokalsh means the sound of Lokalsh. Now Kailakin probably means the sound of Hakin, which was named after King Hakin the Fourth of Norway. Now, we talked about him in the first episodes of this podcast as he was the King of Norway just before the Scottish Wars of Independence kicked off. Now, King Hakon IV of Norway reportedly brought his army to Kailakin in 1263, just before the Battle of Largs and uh, therefore also shortly before his death. But before this, there is a legend of a Norse princess called Mary. Now, Mary in 900 AD had married the fourth chief of the clan MacKinnon, whom was based and had a castle at Kailakin. Now, his name was Findanus, and Mary reportedly enforced tolls uh, for any ships that were sailing through the Kyle by running chains from Kailakin over onto Elan Ban and then further onwards to Kyle of Lakalsh. And whenever a ship would sail through, they would raise the chains to stop them in their tracks. Once the boats had stopped, the seamen would then pay their toll to Findanus and the chains would then be lowered by Mary. Then afterwards, to thank the sailors for making their payment, Mary would lift up her top to show her bare breasts to the sailors. Mary was therefore given the nickname of Saucy Mary and there is a pub, restaurant, hostel in Kailakin that is called Saucy Mary's after this particular legend. Now, the other pub which is in the village is called the Hacken Bar and it has connected to it the Castle Moyle Restaurant. Now, this has always been my favourite spot in Kailakin because it is the haunt of the locals. This is where you're going to find the local people. You're also going to find good beer, good food and quality banter, including live music on some occasions, sometimes Friday and Saturday nights. The last main feature of Kailakin is the stumpy ruins of Castle Moyle. Now the ruins that you see today were probably built sometime within the 14th or 15th century and at the time it was the seat of the MacKinnon clan on Skye, which was actually quite a small clan on the island as most of the rest of the island was dominated by either the clan MacLeod or the clan MacDonald. 
The castle is nothing more than just a couple of walls these days and access to it is limited due to, first of all, it being on a causeway island, but secondly, to due to falling masonry after countless lightning strikes and storms. But here in 1513, a meeting of the clan chiefs was held at Castle Moyle and it was there that they agreed that Donald MacDonald should take over the Lordship of the Isles. The last occupant of the castle was Neil McKinnon, who was the nephew of the 26th chief of Clan McKinnon and uh, afterwards leaving the island uh, and the castle abandoned at some point early in the 17th century. Now as you head out of Kailakin, you will pass by a sign for Kailrea and the Glenelg Ferry. Now this is another great way to reach the island if you want an alternative way to the way that most people come over, either the Sky Bridge or getting the ferry from Malig across to Armadale. Glenelg on the mainland is firstly twinned with Glenelg on Mars, which is a brilliant fact to know. In addition, Glenelg is also home to two of the best preserved brochs in the world, Duntelv and Duntrodden. Brochs are a subject that I will be covering and I'm hoping to speak to some very knowledgeable group of people about them and have an interview to share with you on this podcast. But here also is the Glenelg Ferry. The Glenelg Ferry runs between March and October and this small six-car turntable ferry runs over the Kyle of Rhea to Kyoria on Sky. Now, it is the shortest crossing to the island and, trust me, it is well worth it. Now, the, the boat that they use is called the NV Glenachulish, which is now the last remaining manual-operated turntable boat in the world. Now, the piers which the boat leaves from and arrives to were built or designed by Thomas Telford, the same guy that built the Caledonian Canal, of which there's an episode about on the podcast, and he designed these in 1818, and these slipways are now also, like the lighthouse on Elan Ban, category B listed. Now, once you're then on the island of Skye at Kyoria, you then just head out on towards the main road following signs for Broadford or Portree. Once you come out onto the main road, you will then uh, pass by the Broadford Aerodrome. The Broadford Aerodrome was built in 1972 by the Corps of Royal Engineers to serve as a gateway to the island by air. Now, there was a commercial flight service that was operated by the uh, small company Logan Air, uh, which ran from Glasgow Airport. However, due to low passenger numbers, this service was discontinued in 1988. When you pass by the airstrip today, it is pretty much always deserted. It's very rare that you're going to see anything uh, running around on the airstrip. Uh, But for a time, it was used for storage of wind turbines that were being brought over reportedly from Sweden. Alternatively, it is now used to transport patients to the hospitals in either Inverness or in Glasgow. Also, the airstrip was used for the filming of the opening scene of the movie Flash Gordon, released in 1980. Now, one other final thing to look out for on your way towards Broadford is the Breckish Horse. This is a life-sized plastic horse at the side of the road that, depending on the season, wears a different outfit. 
At this very moment in time, with the fact that it's now sort of spring coming into summer, uh, the Breakish Horse is now wearing a pair of sunglasses, a high-visibility uh, horse's jacket with a saddle and a Buzz Lightyear figure on its back. I would recommend that you either visit uh, breakishhorse.co.uk or search for Breakish Horse on Facebook. So Breakish is spelled B-R-E-A-K-I-S-H. Uh, so search for that on Facebook or breakishhorse.co.uk to see what it is that I'm talking about because it is actually quite funny. And if you're also looking for some cosy accommodation whilst you're there on the island as the people that own the Breakish Horse also have a little sort of self-accommodation uh, uh, apartments and things like that so very well worth checking out so folks i'm going to leave it there for this week uh, because we are then going to start moving into the large village of broadford uh, amongst other places elgol and torren as well so i'm going to tell you a little bit more about them in the next episode now i'm just going to say this just now i this week i'm actually going to be away so i'm going to be away monday through to friday so i'm hoping to get some time to write an episode um however unfortunately i may not be able to uh, find the time uh, during the week in order to write an episode so I will have the next episode out as soon as I get back from my uh, week away um, I also at this moment in time do not know what my rota is looking like for me so because of that um, that's why I can't kind of quite say exactly what's going to be going on but I will find uh, some time to get something written down if you aren't already follow me on Facebook Instagram and Twitter where over the course of that week I'm going to be going to some interesting places we're going to be going to Oban the Isle of Skye a couple of nights in Inverness so what I'll do is I'll make sure that I'm taking some pictures and sharing at least some form of content with you over the course of that week that I'm away um, so you can find me there on uh, so it's like facebook.com forward slash scott history pod uh, or just go to scotthistorypod.com is probably your best bet if you want to support the podcast in any way you can do so via patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash scott history pod and you can donate there monthly you can cancel it at any time as well but any support that the podcast uh, does receive and the support which i currently get just now is very much appreciated and it helps pay for um, the hosting costs of the podcast so folks, thank you once again for listening and I will speak to you again next time. decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.